listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's readings, you can do so over on Facebook at the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group. You'll be able to interact with me and other listeners and followers. Here is another review of the podcast. This one comes from Meg455, left on February 20th, 2022. I cannot recommend this enough. The Mystical City of God is a must-read, and Father Edward Looney is phenomenal on his podcast of reading it and sharing his commentary each day. Thank you so much for doing this. I read the abridged version and absolutely loved it. After I finished, I wanted more which I knew not long after starting it, that I'd want to read the unabridged volumes. I had listened to the audiobook while following along in my hard copy. I just received the four-volume set of the unabridged as a gift from my husband. I immediately looked to see if there were audiobooks available because I remember things better when I both see it and hear it. I had no luck finding any audiobooks. But then I came across something even better, this podcast. I've been doing the Bible in a year with Father Mike Schmitz. This is my second year. Then I found two more podcasts that I also started doing this year on January 1st. Also, Catechism in a Year with Father Neil Xavier O'Donohue and St. Faustina's Diary in a Year with Father Joe Roche. I'm thrilled to add this podcast to my morning routine. I look forward to these four podcasts each morning to start out my day. I plan to repeat this every year also. I appreciate these podcasts so very much. Well, thank you, Meg, for your comment, for your review, for your rating. If you would like to help share the podcast with someone else, rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts is one way that you can help, because when you do so, it will help the podcast become visible to other people. Now, let us thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaimed the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example and holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir aflame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 149. We are reading from Volume 2, Book 4, Chapter 9, Paragraphs 456 to 461. Chapter 9. The journey of Most Holy Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem in the company of the Holy Spouse Joseph and of the Holy Guardian Angels. 456. The Most Pure Mary and the Glorious St. Joseph departed from Nazareth for Bethlehem alone, poor and humble in the eyes of the world. None of the mortals thought more of them 
than what was warranted by their poverty and humility. But, oh, the wonderful sacraments of the Most High, hidden to the proud and unpenetrated by the wisdom of the flesh. They did not walk alone, poor or despised, but prosperous, rich, and in magnificence. They were most worthy of the immense love of the Eternal Father and most estimable in His eyes. They carried with them the treasure of heaven, the deity itself. The whole court of the celestial ministers venerated them. All the inanimate beings recognized the living and true Ark of the Testament, Joshua 3.16, more readily than the waters of the Jordan recognized its type and shadow. When they courteously laid open and freed the path for its passage and for those that followed it, they were accompanied by the 10,000 angels, which, as mentioned, number 450, were appointed by God himself as the servants of her majesty during that whole journey. These heavenly squadrons marched along as their retinue in human forms visible to the heavenly lady more refulgent than so many suns. She herself walked in their midst, better guarded and defended than the bed of Solomon, surrounded by the sixty valiant ones of Israel, girded with their swords. Canticle 3.7 Besides these ten thousand angels, there were many others who descended from heaven as messengers of the Eternal Father to his only begotten, made man, and his most holy mother, and who ascended from earth as their ambassadors with messages and treaties from them to the Heavenly Father. 4.57 In the midst of this royal retinue, hidden from the gaze of men, most holy Mary and Joseph proceeded on their way, secure their feet, would not be bruised by the stone of tribulation. Psalm 40.12 Since the Lord had commanded his angels to be their defense and watchfulness, this command... The most faithful ministers as vassals of their great queen fulfilled with wonder and delight, seeing centered in a mere creature such great sacraments, such perfections, and immense treasures of the divinity, and seeing in her all this distinction united to dignity and grace far exceeding their own angelic capacity. They composed new songs in honor of the Lord, whom they saw reclining as the highest king of glory on the throne of gold. Canticle 3.9 and in honor of the Heavenly Mother, who is like his living and incorruptible chariot, or like the fertile ear of corn of the promised land, enclosing the living grain, Leviticus 23.10, or like the rich merchant ship, which brings the grain to the house of bread, in order that dying in the earth it might be multiplied for heaven, John 12.24. Their journey lasted five days, for on account of the pregnancy of his spouse, St. Joseph shortened each day's journey. The sovereign queen experienced no darkness of night on the way. For a few times, when their travel extended beyond nightfall, the holy angels spread about such effulgence as not all the lights of heaven in their noontide splendor would have thrown forth in the clearest heavens. This light and vision of the angels also St. Joseph enjoyed at those times. Then all of them together would form celestial choirs in which they and the two holy travelers alternated in singing wonderful hymns and canticles of praise, converting the fields into new heavens. During this whole journey, the queen was rejoiced by the sight of her resplendent ministers and vassals, 
and by the sweet interior conversation held with them. 458. With these wonderful favors and delights, however, the Lord joined some hardships and inconveniences which the Divine Mother encountered on the way. For the concourse of people in the taverns occasioned by the imperial edict was very disagreeable and annoying to the modest and retiring virgin mother and her spouse. On account of their poverty and timid retirement, they were treated with less hospitality and consideration than others, especially the well-to-do, for the world judges and usually confers its favors according to outward appearance and according to personal influence. Our holy pilgrims were obliged repeatedly to listen to sharp reprimands in the taverns at which they arrived, tired out by their journey, and in some of them they were refused admittance as worthless and despicable people. Several times they assigned to the mistress of heaven and earth some corner of the hallway, while at others she did not fare even so well, being obliged to retire with her husband to places still more humble and unbecoming in the estimation of the world. But in whatever places she tarried, how contemptible soever it might be considered, the courtiers of heaven established their court around their supreme king and sovereign queen. Immediately they surrounded and enclosed them like an impenetrable wall, securing the bridal chamber of Solomon against the terrors of the night. Her most faithful spouse, Joseph, seeing the mistress of heaven so well guarded by the angelic hosts, betook himself to rest and sleep, for to this she urged him on account of the hardships of travel. She, however, continued her celestial colloquies with the ten thousand angels of her retinue. 4.59. Solomon in the Canticles describes in diverse metaphors and similitudes many great mysteries of the Queen of Heaven, but in the third chapter, he refers more particularly to what happened to the Heavenly Mother in her pregnancy and during their journey. During this time was fulfilled to the letter all that was said in the couch of Solomon, Canticle 3.7, of his chariot and of his golden bed, of the guard which was stationed around it, enjoying the divine vision, also all the other sayings which are contained in those prophecies. What I have pointed out will suffice to make them understood, and they should excite our admiration of the wonderful sacraments of God's activity for the good of man. Who is there among mortals whose heart is not softened, or who is so proud as not to be abashed, or so careless as not to be filled with wonder at such miraculous extremes? The infinite and true God, hidden and concealed in the virginal womb of a tender maiden, full of grace and beauty, innocent, pure, sweet, pleasing, and amiable in the eyes of God and of men, surpassing all that the Lord God has ever or shall ever create, to see this great lady bearing the treasure of the divinity, despised, persecuted, neglected, and cast out by the blind ignorance and pride of the world, and on the other hand, while she is thus pushed aside into the last places, to see her love and esteemed by the triune God, regaled by his caresses, served by his angels, revered, defended, and assisted with the greatest anxiety and watchfulness. O children of men, slow, hard of hearts, Psalm 4.3, how deceitful are your ways and how erroneous is your judgment in esteeming the rich and despising the poor, 
James 2.2, exalting the proud and humiliating the lowly, applauding the braggarts and casting out the just, blind is your choice and full of error your judgment, and you'll find yourselves frustrated in all your desires. Ambitiously you seek riches and treasures, and you find yourself in poverty beating the air. If you had received the true ark of God, you would have been blessed by the hand of the Almighty like Obededom. But because you have treated it unworthily, many of you have experienced the punishment of Oza. 460. The heavenly lady observed and knew the secrets of the different souls of those she met, penetrating into the very thoughts and conditions of each, whether of grace or of guilt or in the different degrees. Concerning many souls, she knew also whether they were predestined or reprobate, whether they would persevere, fail, or rise up. All this variety of insight moved her to the exercise of heroic virtues, as well in regard to the ones as to the others. For many of them, she obtained the grace of perseverance. For others, efficacious help to rise from their sin to grace. For others, again, she prayed to the Lord with affectionate tears, feeling intensest sorrow for the reprobate, though she did not pray as efficaciously for them. Many times, worn out by these sorrows, much more than by the hardships of travel, the strength of her body gave way on such occasions. The holy angels, full of refulgent light and beauty, bore her up in their arms in order that she might rest and recuperate. The sick, afflicted, and indigent whom she met on the way, she consoled and assisted by asking her most holy son to come to their aid in their necessities and adversities. She kept herself silently aloof from the multitude, preoccupied with the fruit of her divine pregnancy, which was already evident to all. Such was the return which the Mother of Mercy made for all the inhospitality of mortals. 461. For the greater reproach of human ingratitude, it happened also that once during these wintry days they reached a stopping place in the midst of a cold rain and snowstorm. For the Lord did not spare them this inconvenience, and they were obliged to take shelter in the stables of the animals, because the owners would not furnish better accommodation. The irrational beasts showed them the courtesy and kindness which was refused by their human fellow beings, for they retreated in reverence at the entrance of their maker and of his mother who carried him in her virginal womb. It is true the queen of creation would command the winds, the frost, and the snow not to inconvenience her, but she would not give such a command in order not to deprive herself of suffering in imitation of her most holy son, even before he came into the world. Therefore, the inclemencies of the weather affected her to a certain extent. The faithful St. Joseph, however, did his utmost to shield her, and still more did the holy angels seek to protect her, especially the holy prince Michael, who remained at the right side of his queen without leaving her for a moment. Several times, when she became tired, he led her by the arm along the way. Whenever the Lord permitted, he also shielded her against the weather and performed many other services for the heavenly queen and the blessed fruit of her womb, Jesus. This concludes our reading today for day number 149. We've been reading from Volume 2, Book 4, Chapter 9, Paragraphs 456 to 461.
Joseph and Mary have set off on their journey today to Bethlehem. They are surrounded by angels. Again, I encourage you when you travel, simply to pray for traveling mercies. Maybe you pray that prayer to your guardian angel. Whether you're making a drive of 30 minutes or you're making a longer drive or even a shorter drive, that when you start your car, just say, Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here. Ever this day, be at my side to light and guard, to rule and guide. That way you'll have called upon your guardian angel and your guardian angel will protect you. Also, one of the things that really hit me as I was reading today was this. This light and vision of the angels also St. Joseph enjoyed at those times. Then all of them together would form celestial choirs in which they and the two holy travelers alternated in singing wonderful hymns and canticles of praise, converting the fields into new heavens. Well, when you travel, what do you listen to in your car? Maybe you listen to talk radio. Maybe you listen to Catholic radio. Perhaps you listen to music. What type of music? Is it wholesome music? Again, you can listen to country music. You can listen to music that delights you. But have you ever listened to Christian music like K-Love or The Message? Are there other Catholic singers who have written songs like Anna Nuzzo or Donna Corey Gibson? that we could listen to their music as we travel along, especially maybe when you're going to church. You want to listen to religious music. Get you into the frame that I'm going to worship God. Evaluate and examine what you listen to and see if it gives glory to God and if it helps you on your journey, not only to the destination that you are going to, but also to our eternal destiny. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year, I am reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.